All right, just waiting for Sean to come in. Hello, hello. Hey. Oh, let me flip my camera. Hello. Okay. Hey. <laughs> How's it going? Good. How you doing? Good, good. Okay. Um, keep in mind, everyone, this is our first time doing IG Live or even a live recording, so we're bound to have a lot of mistakes but we're just letting a few more people come in and then we'll get started. Okay, I'm trying to think here. If there's anything that we should talk about. Oh, well, I mean, we can kind of briefly talk about like Netflix watch party that we had a couple of days ago. How was that? Did you like that? That was a lot of fun. What I really appreciated about it is we were with our people like we all have our own language and we understand each other and that was so much fun yeah yeah it, it was really fun to connect with um our patreon uh folks we watched the 100th episode together so sean gave his first impression of it um through the chat and that was the first time i got to try netflix live as well so that was a nice experience um but yeah no it was it was a good time all right so uh I'm going to uh, first say that I want to thank everyone from Patreon who has decided to sort of join us in this venture with their contributions, and I hope they're all enjoying all of our, you know, extra content and whatnot. Uh, Sean, I don't think I told you this yet. Uh, we actually hit our first goal, so the podcast is actually paying for itself. Thank the Lord. <laughs> and with this momentum, um, yeah, this will ensure that our show will go on throughout the rest of the series. So I want to thank you. We got three new ones over this last week. And I think a big part of it was to do the Netflix thing. But I do want to give a shout out to uh, Jessica Montero. Uh, she... Uh, uh, joined on a specific tier to get a shout out. So I want to say personally, thank you for joining us as well as to the other two patrons that um, joined us. So we really appreciate that. And um, also we got um, a gift for our hundredth episode. Ooh. Yeah. So I'm going to show it to you. So here's the thing. I've actually had this for months and it was specifically for this episode, so I couldn't really tell you about it until now. So Typical give me a second. I know, right? <laughs> okay, so first I'm going to read the note that came in. So it says, Dearish Robbins, Sean, I know I'm a bit early for your upcoming 100th episode of the podcast, but here is just a little tribute I wanted to send you guys. I tried to match the style of your logo and added a few of my own touches in there. And then he says, I apologize in advance for my attempts at Sean's tattoos. And then he has in parentheses, when in doubt, throw in an X-Men reference. So I'm going to show <laughs> you this picture. And I might not be able to show the whole thing because of where my phone's positioned. But this is what um, he got us, if you can see. Ah, let me turn the phone a little bit. So it's just this blow up picture of our logo and it's sort of like celebrated with confetti and whatnot. And so while I'm holding this up, he also writes um, a little trivia. I did base the drawing off the charmed 100th episode cake and photos taken for that e event. And he's absolutely right. The cake looked exactly like this. So really good on that. So I'm gonna zoom in a little closer on your arm. Tell me what you see. I see lions and scribbles and it looks beautiful. Do you see the word X-Men on there? It's just written. Yeah, I do. <laughs> That's so cute, I love that. I love it, yeah. So he says, uh, so thank you for that. And then he also got us, um, two um sets of trading cards from charmed now they're not the entire set but he did get a bunch of us and i think we have the exact same they have spoilers on them so i can't give them to you until towards like the end of the show or maybe at the end of season six or something but um these are you know kind of the cards that 
I'll be giving you next time I see you. So very cool. That is sometime in 2022. Yeah. <laughs> right. Uh, so then he goes, yeah, uh, they're not the full set. Yeah. And then extra to avoid spoilers. 100 episodes of anything takes time, dedication and heart. Thank you for giving us an escape from reality in this crazy world. Uh, here is to episode 150. Cheers. Signed by Ryan Hunter. Uh, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Yeah, thank you so much for that. We really appreciate that. That's really kind of you. Okay, uh, I think... Oh, yes, before we officially start, we have to address the elephant in the room. Everybody has been sending this to me. We have to talk about the the craft reboot trailer that was released today. What perfect timing to talk about. Um, oh, Ryan says you're welcome. Um, right time to talk about the craft trailer. Okay, so I've heard a mixed bag of reviews based on this trailer alone. Um, Sean, what do you think about what you saw already? Um, from what I saw, there wasn't a whole lot to get me like excited for it. I still want to watch it. I'm glad they're doing it. The only chord that it struck in me is I feel like it couldn't decide if it wants to be a reboot or a sequel because they say literal lines from the original, but then they showed Nancy's picture. So I'm just wondering where, how it's going to fit in. Exactly. No, I totally agree with that. So what I have come to find out is that, and I'm sure there's a more proper term for this, but I call this a sequel reboot. I hate, hate sequel reboots. I hate them. If you're going to be a sequel, be a sequel. There's no reason to put in this nostalgia with these popular scenes and lines that we heard from an original. I don't care to hear any of that. The name says it itself. I get it. You're the craft. It's no big deal. I do not need some rehashed you know, scenes from the first to get me all excited. However, they did show a lot of reboot kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, bam, we get... Uh, a photo of Nancy and I flipped out. I was like, Oh, okay. So it's an actual sequel. And leading up to that part, I was concerned if this was just a full fledged reboot. And then that was sort of the reveal of um, it being a sequel. And so I think that's great. The only other thing that I really enjoyed about this trailer was that in the original, the new girl was our protagonist, our hero, the one who used magic for good i guess you can say and in this one it seems that the new girl is geared up to be the nancy the bad one and i do enjoy that little twist so if they do go that route i think that's something really fresh from the original um i can't with the special effects cannot <laughs> with the effects i mean those were some tiktok instagram filters on their faces i was just dying i, I couldn't <laughs> but um i'm still gonna watch it i'm gonna watch it right away so i i'm gonna judge for myself once the movie's out i i can't form a big opinion about it until um until i watch the whole thing so mm -hmm. yeah are you gonna watch it does it look like horrible to you it doesn't look horrible i'm gonna watch it i think any excuse to go back into the world of the craft is excuse enough for me. So I'm there. I'm just scared. I hope it's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think any reboot or sequel to this movie is going to be half-assed or not as good as the original. I just want them to hopefully try something different. So mm -hmm. we'll see. We'll see. Okay. I think that's enough because we only have an hour on here and there's no timer. So I have no idea how much of this episode we're going to get through, but why don't we get started? <clears throat> and I believe it is my turn for the quote. All right, Sean. I don't know what it's from, Rob. <laughs> to my three beautiful daughters, may this give you the light to find the shadows the power of three will set you free. Love, Mom. It sounds really familiar. Like, I think I heard it in Power Rangers or... <laughs> it's Charmed. It's Charmed, Rob. 
It is so charmed. Yes, this is Patty Hollowell, circa 1998. This was the inscription engraved in the back of their spirit board. Um, a message to the daughters. Yes, 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 yes. So, I, I mean, obviously, we had to quote Charmed on the 100th yeah. episode. So, <laughs> all right. Well, welcome, everyone. It looks like... Um, yeah, we're doing episode five. Oh, I'm sorry. Season five, episode 12, Centennial Charmed, the 100th episode. The original air date was January 19, 2003. Written by Brad Kern, directed by James L. Conway. Uh, some special guests include Joel Swetow as the Alpha Avatar, Stephen Daniel as our Lazarus Demon, uh, Deanna Russo as Eve, uh, Sandra Prosper as Sheila Morris, uh, Debbie Morgan back as the seer yeah. <laughs> with um, special musical guest, Michelle Branch. <laughs> All right, Sean, why don't you get us started? I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> All right. Paige thinks she's found a way to get past Cole's protective shield by using an invisibility potion to sneak into his apartment, jump in his body, and blow him up from the inside. Leo doesn't like this idea, thinking it'll take the power of three to vanquish Cole for good. <laughs> Paige succeeds in getting inside the apartment and blowing him up, but he reassembles and blows her out the window. She orbs to land in the bay. Piper is practicing for her preggers on a birthing ball with the help of her sisters, Leo and a gypsy named Eve. Even though she's adamant about having her baby in a hospital, Paige comes downstairs having overslept. Suddenly, she sneezes and briefly orbs out before orbing back in, having caught a cold the night before. She says she only did it to give Phoebe some peace, but Phoebe says she's completely over cold. So am I, girl. So am I. <laughs> Piper isn't happy either. They agreed to go on a hiatus from fighting demons during her last trimester. Cole has decided to accept the Avatar's offer to join them, but says that he needs to take care of something first. So I just want to call attention to Phoebe's outfit. It reminded me so much of Lulu from The Fifth Element, and I loved it, and I think she should wear that more often. <laughs> well, if you recognize or look closer at that outfit, that is super similar, if not the same outfit worn by Paige in the episode where they switched bodies. I believe this was Enter the Demon. Oh. Yeah, yeah. The, I, I think it was the same outfit. Uh, it was the black suspenders, white top and whatnot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, okay, so I have some things here. So Leo, poor guy, is just such the punching bag. I They just use him for their stupid experiments so many times. But this man has been blown up by the sisters, I don't know, so many up till now. And he just takes it in stride. Apparently that's his job. I don't know. But they do this all the time. Poor guy. So the plan that Paige has by going inside of Cole and blowing him up from the inside. Uh, do you watch The Boys? I watched the first season. I haven't done the second season yet. Okay, so I don't want to give out any spoilers, but The Boys did something kind of similar. Do you remember the guy who couldn't be, you know, hurt from the outside? because oh, he yeah. was. So what was their plan? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was like very similar to that. So I just wanted to point that out. Um, and there were theories that Ant-Man would shrink down, go up Thanos' yes. butt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so what do you think about Paige's plan? And should she have told the sisters about it before doing this on her own? She should totally have told them. She's part of the power of three. She can't just run off and do stuff. What you would think I? if right you would think if it was so easy to just do it by yourself without the power of three it would have been done by now but i mean i get it but yeah he could have easily attacked them in their sleep 
and they wouldn't even know why because like yeah your sister just tried to attack me you know just last night or whatever so i mean she also kept it from them until the next morning like yeah i would have told too um I also want to point out that Eve is played by a different actress uh, in her first episode. I Oh, what was that episode called? I'm blanking right now because I'm like live. I would usually look this stuff up. I know. Come on, Charmies. I know you guys know the episode that Eve appeared in first. Come on, KGZ. I know you're on what here. Was I know you're an expert. The Eyes That Have It or The Eyes Has It. Yes, that's the one. So it was played by a different uh, actress. That's right. Yeah. So Chinlin knows the eyes have it. There you go. (laughs) Um, The avatars. So I would not have agreed to this plan of Cole's to just, you know, like he's such a wild card. Why did they want him so bad? Don't they know his history? He clearly doesn't like following orders. Like he's a wild card. I, I just, just so funny. Like they were like, okay, we're going to give you this power and then you're just going to go off and do whatever you want. Like they should have known better. Right. And even when he's talking to them, he's like, but what about Phoebe? Can't have, when do I get to Phoebe? I'd be like, yeah. um, you need to get off Phoebe for a second. Let's talk about what we're doing. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right, let's move on. So Michelle Branch is playing at P3 while the sisters Leo, Daryl, and Sheila are celebrating Daryl's promotion to lieutenant. What did you think of Sheila? We get to meet Daryl's wife. She's beautiful and she's got like the Jada Pinkett like hair going on. She's stunning. She is so freaking gorgeous. She is definitely going on my list as a potential for hottest female of season five. Like, She's gorgeous, but I love Sheila. Um, so, um, yes, glad you agree. <laughs> but now that I know Daryl has a wife, he's going off my hot man meter. <laughs> uh, so uh, the others think that Paige is too sick to make it, but to everyone's surprise, Paige shows up. She tells Piper and Phoebe that she's thinking of getting her own place again. And after being an only child for 25 years, she's used to doing things on her own, which I think is pretty understandable. Um, so Michelle Branch hops from the bronze and just makes her way down to P3. Like she's on tour, but okay. So I think I'll have this a little later when I give the TV notes, but what do you think about Michelle showing up at P3? Um, I like it. I think she's a big name. I've heard of her. I like the song (laughs) that she's playing. I've heard that song before. So I was like, all right, get it, Piper, get it with your little cheese plates. (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) so cole becomes an avatar but first a warning (laughs) now warning (laughs) now warning (laughs) i know um alpha was like really what the hell he was ready to go he was like let's go let's do this and um yeah he was so shocked he was like yep first things first but um He wants to use his power to get Phoebe back. And believing that Paige is responsible for turning Phoebe against him, he wants to to alter reality so that Piper and Phoebe never um, had met her. So the Avatar claims that changing one minor detail could have a catastrophic um, result. But Cole won't hear of it, and he starts chanting a spell while resorting, resulting in uh, reality warping. So... Do you think that um, the sisters are strong enough to have one of them move out of the house? Paige wants to move out. Do you think they're strong enough at this point that they can afford to have one person have their own place? I think especially at this point in time, we've got Leo and now we've got Paige who can orb also. I think they're stronger than they've been before at this point. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a little risky, and I'm of course would take some practice. I mean, you don't want to <laughs> practice on innocence or whatnot, but I think because of the easy traveling, it, it could work. If maybe she could live across the street, I don't know, but she just needs her own place. <laughs> yeah. Um, with all those men she brings over, you know what right? I mean, right? <laughs> so, Cole, do you think he had any intentions on joining the Avatars? No, he was going to use them until he gets what he wants and then probably kill them with his track record. 
<laughs> I mean, we don't really know exactly who the avatars are at this point or exactly how powerful they are. They just need Cole really bad to do whatever it is they want to do. But um, I just, you know, I have a feeling like in a controlled group, it just doesn't work for Cole. I just don't see him being part of a team. You know, he's just, he's no longer a free agent. That just wouldn't work. So I don't think he had any intentions on joining them at all. Paige feels a sneeze coming on, and Piper and Phoebe hustle her to the office. Paige sneezes and orbs out at the exact moment Cole finishes casting his spell. She finds Paige 3 an abandoned shambles. A vagrant is sleeping there and pulls a knife on her. Paige unsuccessfully tries to orb the knife out of his hand, but her powers don't exist in this alternate universe. She calls for Leo, who orbs in, but initially doesn't recognize her and Paige tells him that she is his charge. Leo tells her that P3 has been shut down for over a year and is surprised that Paige knows about magic. Paige asks Leo to orb her to Piper in hope she can help sort it out. And let me tell you, Rob, this scene was very triggering to me because, as you know, our favorite bar, Flaming Saddles, yeah. <laughs> is closed permanently, and yeah. that's probably what it looks like. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't look exactly <laughs> like that, but I I find it funny that nobody bought the property like yeah. up until, you know, this alternate. I mean, I don't know what it was, you know, before P3, but I'm surprised that it just went into ruins and homeless people are living in there and stuff like that. But um, yeah. So we're in the thick of the episode now. What do you think about this sort of plot that we have for the hundredth episode? Is this something to be expected or um, what do you think about this alternate reality idea? I like the alternate reality. I think it's always kind of a fun thing to see, especially like everybody loves vampire Willow from alternate reality. So I was excited by that. Um, you talked about graphics for the craft at the beginning and I held my tongue. But the graphics, when everything changed in this, looks so bad. Like, uh, I could have done better graphics with a spoon. <laughs> oh, so K, K. Jesse, so he, 87, he says it was called the Industrial Zone before P3. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay, okay. So, I mean, I, I like alternate realities. I think it's fun to kind of take the characters that we're used to for so long and sort of give them different roles, maybe a what if sort of thing, you know, artistic expression, see what it would look like in a different sort of format. But uh, Sean, do you call shenanigans on how Paige avoided the spell mid orb sneezing like that? So apparently she goes into this neutral plane, as Leo mm -hmm. puts it, so I don't know if that is separate. I mean, a separate. I mean, separate plane from a spell like the one that Cole cast. But what do you think? I think it makes sense because in X Men, like magic goes into an alternate dimension, and so does Nightcrawler. So it makes sense that Paige would do the same. And it's incredibly lucky and like coincidental that she sneezed right when the powers happened, but. I think it serves its purpose in this episode. It makes sense. Okay. All right. No fair. I never really had like a big opinion about how she ended up avoiding the spell, but I mean, yeah, it's clever. It's, you know, I like it. <laughs> Do you want to know a random, not very interesting fact about Sean? What's that? I have a fear of homeless people. <laughs> <laughs> So in this okay. episode, when the homeless guy like started attacking her, I was like so scared for her life. And that happened to me once where I did this maze called the Enola maze, which is alone backwards. And they hired somebody to dress as a homeless person and sit outside and wait for us. And he threw me against the wall. And I was just like, I can't. I know this is fake, but I can't. I don't know why you enjoy going to places where they're allowed to touch you. I don't understand what goes on in your mind. It just... No, <laughs> don't touch me. I'm not. He invited me to this haunted house thing that they were going to go to him and a bunch of his friends. And I'm like, they can cut touch you, can they? He gets like buried in coffins and shit and care like, no, I'm not about that life. And you have to pay for it. I'm not paying to get touched. No, can't do it. 
these are probably just people who need money who like want to beat someone and i'm like all right by the way uh brunch of the hollowells does not support the ideals that sean has over homeless people you guys are not there's nothing wrong with you you guys just come to bad times the show does not yeah we have different opinions of of, of sean (laughs) we're live yay (laughs) okay um let me go okay so leo orbs page to the junkyard where a lazarus demon is skulking about suddenly piper shows up wearing a provocative leather outfit she freezes the lazarus um then jumps down and unfreezes his head piper starts grilling the lazarus about shacks and lazarus uh, stonewalls even when piper blows off both of his arms Paige is surprised until Leo tells her that Shax was never vanquished in this reality. Piper blows up the Laz- blows up the, the Lazarus and Paige and Leo go to Piper, who doesn't recognize Paige either. Piper has been so obsessed with hunting down Shax and avenging Prue's death that she's uh, walked away from everything else, including P3, her charmed life, and even her marriage to Leo. Paige tells her that she hasn't really vanquished the Lazarus. She knows the only way to keep them from resurrecting is to bury their remains in a cemetery. Just then, the Lazarus demon resurrects and throws a pipe at Piper. (laughs) But Piper... I know, huh? (laughs) But uh, Piper ducks away and blows him up again. Piper is surprised, but Paige tells her that she... Uh, knows about them because she um, because they fought them together with Phoebe in the episode Merry Go Round. She wants Leo to orb her to Phoebe, but Leo tells her that Phoebe is still in the manor and he isn't allowed there. And so Paige decides to head there herself. So, oh, go ahead, John. I think you had something here. Oh yeah. So for me. I made a note here. So this is two alternate realities where we get to see the future and Piper and Leo don't work out in either one. So this is like a really bad average for them so far. <laughs> yeah, no, I would agree with that. <laughs> um, oh, go ahead. Oh, and to always pretty with Aurora's point, Piper looked like such a badass here when she came out all Buffy style and leather. But I have to say like, I almost thought Holly was really pregnant while they were filming this because like they took so long to show anything and then they finally started showing and it looked so real. So when she came out looking all badass, I was like, wow, she's not pregnant. She's doing a really (laughs) good job with it. Yeah, no, I will totally agree. Uh, Piper looked great. I even loved her theme music she got. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But yes, I do love the, the anybody with a collar. I just... I just swoon. I just love it. I don't care what kind of collar it is. Put one on. You're yeah, I'm totally like you look great. Um, so the manor is forbidden. So the first thing that came in my head was where is Piper living? Like, I wonder if she has like a one bedroom apartment <laughs> shared kitchen. <laughs> like, <laughs> I mean, she's put on so much time. She's probably burnt so much money searching for shags. Like, I just wonder where she's living right now with the manor being forbidden. That's true. Yeah. With those clothes, though, like she's not doing too bad off, though. She's got money. Yeah, I'm sure she has like a nest egg from the club and whatnot. But um, yeah, that was the first thing that came in my head. Where are you living at right now? Um, so... Piper, um, who was cutting up the Lazarus demon um, while he was frozen, was very similar to how she took out um, the hand of Dantelion. Do you remember the priestess that married um, Zyle, I think his name was, and Prue? Remember Prue got married first? And so the priestess, so she came to the house, stole the Book of Shadows, but she got caught because Piper and Phoebe turned evil, and she froze her hand and bashed it. Oh, that's right. I remember. Yeah very similar to this Mm -hmm. so before we move on to the next scene i just have to point out at this point we see the um manor under its new sort of um yes that's right bright and gloom that was the name of the episode so we see the manor under its own sort of security you've got bodyguards at the door but the manor is covered by a uh, fence 
and it immediately triggered Animal Crossing because it looks exactly like the Ironstone <laughs> fencing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was gray. It had the black spikes. I mean, everything about it screamed the fencing from Animal Crossing. Uh, yeah, I play that game way too much. <laughs> Cole is standing outside the manor when the other avatar arrives. He begs Cole to undo the spell. He informs Cole that he's not an avatar here and he doesn't have any of the powers he acquired from the demonic wasteland either, including his invincibility. Instead, he is Belzar. Cole doesn't seem to mind. He tells the avatar that he and Phoebe were at their best when he was still half-demon. Cole is the source's personal representative in this reality. He is married to Phoebe and they rule the underworld from the manor. A crowd of demons have thrown him a surprise birthday party. One makes a remark about Cole's age, and the seer incinerates him, and makes an amazing entrance as she does so. Might we? Yes. Mm-hmm. Phoebe comes downstairs in a slinky. Oh, I like that word in a slinky red dress. And <laughs> I just, I just imagined her coming down like a slinky, like head and then feet, head and feet. <laughs> Sorry, imagination. Slinky red dress, and Cole compliments her, raising Phoebe's suspicions. Cole tries to kiss her, but Phoebe pushes him away and lets another demon kiss her hand right in front of Cole. The seer assures Cole that all is well, and implies that she intends to have Phoebe killed once their child is conceived. So, I like that we get to see if everything went the right way or i guess the wrong way you could say like if we got to see phoebe not get this wall put in front of her with cole like it still wouldn't have worked so without a shadow of a doubt like she's not meant for him at this point yeah i mean this was a very rude awakening for cole i mean even though he's playing a very evil person right now cole really showcased like he really does love this woman and really tried to make everything go back to normal i think he was very optimistic with this plan and you can tell he looked very devastated but not in an angry you know crazy way like he really like his heart was pretty much broken during this scene to find out that even taking out a sister and not being a charmed one anymore still didn't help so yeah, it, it kind of sucked to um, for Cole to Tina kind of get this sort of reality. Um, so the Alpha also comes in and he calls it out. I mean, this is we're about halfway in the episode. He's like, "You are going to die. <laughs> you are not invincible anymore. Your Belthazar, which a, a simple potion can take you out." Uh, Sean, when you heard this, did you get the impression that this was going to be his last episode? Um, I kind of had a feeling it was coming because I think around this time he did start on Nip Tuck and then the fact that he's not invincible here, it felt very much like stuff's going to go down. <laughs> so for TV fashion, for everything to make sense, do you think that it was right for them to hint at that before coming to the conclusion towards the end? Or was that sort of a twist that should have just been left to our intelligent, charmed fans to figure it out that it wasn't shenanigans? Ooh. Mm. Yeah, I guess it would have been more dramatic if the sisters like brought it up at the end. Like if Paige was like, oh, well, since I'm this way here, Cole must be this way here too. And then <laughs> throw it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, back to Phoebe in her slinky dress. Like, yeah, she was smoking (laughs) hot. She was so hot. I really liked her look in this one. She was super confident. Uh, Even though she wasn't technically evil, she did play it off very well. Um, Do you think that there would have been a chance for Cole had he, like, been there for Phoebe during Prue's death. I mean, they didn't really find out about Paige, even though she had died. So all he had to do was really mourn with her, with Prue. Like, you just wonder exactly what did they do to each other? Like, was he just an asshole, you know, leading up to this? Like, why did it still end that way? What kept him for being there for her, you know? Yeah, that's true. I wonder if he just 
continued to be so focused on being the source that she just didn't feel her needs being met anymore. I guess so. Yeah. And um, how about the Sears return? I know you didn't recognize her name in the beginning. So what did you think about that surprise? Actually, if I saw her name, I would have known it because I oh, know her really? name now. Yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Very good. Well, she's been on multiple episodes, Rob. I don't know if she, you know I'm this. just saying, I didn't know you attached her name to her, the face yet. But um, yeah, I knew you were a big fan of her. So I was like, nice to bring back somebody from the past. And it made sense, right? Yeah, it made sense. And I'm glad I didn't see her name in the credits in the beginning. I saw it when I rewatched it this morning. But when we were watching it with everybody in the party, it was such a surprise for her just to walk in. And I was I was there for it. Yeah. Oh, so we have a comment here. I don't think Cole could ever be just good. So, yeah, I yeah, I think it was inevitable. It was pretty impossible for them to to make it. All right, yeah. next scene. Paige runs into Phoebe in the kitchen and tells her of the change reality. Phoebe calls for her bodyguard, which happens to be Daryl. Paige knocks Daryl out, and Phoebe points a knife at Paige, but Paige tells Phoebe that in her reality, she's free of Cole. Daryl comes to and chases Paige out of the manor. Uh, Paige does a little bob and weave, a little, little roll, and... <laughs> <laughs> she calls for Leo, who arrives just as Daryl opens fire on her again. No, they had a look. What's been going on? What was that look about? <laughs> uh, where, oh, yeah. Leo orbs Paige to the cemetery, and Paige tells Leo that she recognized several demons that she and her sisters vanquished in their reality, meaning that many of the innocents they protected are dead, too. Uh, Leo shows Paige a headstone with her name on it, and he learned from the elders that there was indeed supposed uh, supposed to be a fourth Hollowell sister. But they didn't find out about her until the source had her killed shortly after Prue's death. So I just thought of this just now. Um, and I, well, I guess it was Cole that must have done it, but... Again, he came back with no memories in this alternate reality. But it's like, how did the source find out about Paige before the elders? Because I want to say they found out about them at the same time. Yeah, you would think that because Sam is a white lighter, they would have had the leg up on Paige. But yeah, how did the source find out about it so quick? Yeah, yeah, it just came in my head. Um, oh, so <laughs> um, somebody pointed out Phoebe was so funny with her cigarette <laughs> when she was smoking. Yeah, that was so weird to see. Ugh, yeah, I, yeah, that was a weird thing to see. Um, oh, yeah. Okay, so apparently the uh, year that Paige died is the incorrect birthday um, on Paige's tombstone. I couldn't tell you the right one at the moment, but they miscalculated some numbers on that one. Uh-oh. Yeah. So Cole remembers his experience in the original reality, much of it different from the alternate reality. For instance, he's surprised that Daryl works for him, and the seer is puzzled by Cole's behavior and reminds him that he originally wanted Daryl killed, but uh, before Phoebe cast a spell on him and made him her bodyguard. Uh, Cole sees Phoebe heading upstairs with another demon, and he blazes up in anger and is about to kill the demon, but the seer stops him, telling him that he and Phoebe have an open marriage and cheat on each other left and right. The seer shows Cole one of his girlfriends in this reality, a blonde demon named Darla. Cole shoves Darla aside and storms upstairs. <laughs> um, so with this, I found it very clever that Phoebe did everything she possibly could to make sure that Daryl and her sisters are safe and um, making Daryl a bodyguard instead of just killing him. That's a very good way to do it. Oh, okay. So August 2nd, 1977 was the correct date. Mm -hmm. The house, like it's got all these demons inside and there's like, surprise. You're like, um, what was it? I think he said 100 
100 years old or 117 or something <laughs> demon just dies on his birthday this is why you can't be evil because there's just no trust there's just no trust <laughs> um, i was gonna call this out too but i love that her name is darla like out of all the names in the world they named the blonde girl darla do you think they did that on purpose they probably did yeah even even some of the charmies even said it yeah darla from buffy and angel <laughs> yep <laughs> I'd like to point out here that Phoebe and Cole are not in a good open relationship because they don't have open communication. All right, let's move on. (laughs) (laughs) All right. At the ruins of P3, Paige tells Piper and Leo about her reality. She mentions that Cole has become invincible. However, Leo points out that if Paige has assumed a life this reality's Paige would have led, then she'd be dead and in a coffin. Oh, but Cole has assumed the life of this reality's Cole, meaning that he is Belzar here. Paige realizes this means he isn't invincible in this reality, and they can vanquish him once and for all. She remembers the vanquishing potion required some of Belzar's flesh, owing to his status as an upper-level demon. They head for the manor. At the manor, Cole bursts into the bedroom and finds Phoebe in bed with the demon. He vanquishes the demon with an energy ball and argues with Phoebe. Cole can't believe that Phoebe doesn't love him in this reality either, especially given how fiercely they've loved each other. Phoebe retorts that she gave up a lot as well, including her charmed heritage, to be with Cole. She also tells him that she's still with him only to protect Piper. Phoebe leaves the room. Cole follows and runs into Piper, who blasts him into a wall. Leon Page orb in. While Cole is still shaken up from Piper's blast, Page uses Piper's knife to cut a piece of Cole's flesh from his hand. Cole tries to hurl an energy ball, but Phoebe stops him. Leo orbs Page and Piper away. Cole hits Phoebe and knocks her down. He orders his men to hunt down Piper, Page, and Leo. Phoebe realizes that Page was telling the truth. Cole quickly realizes why Page was after part of his flesh and vows that if he dies, Phoebe will die with him. That's rude. <laughs> yeah, um, she strikes her. Hell no. Hell to the no. What the <laughs> hell? But no, this was a, a really good scene. Um, the sort of realism and touching moment without all the magic around of them just being like, what happened? Like, we're just not meant to be. And... Um, I also find it very admirable of Phoebe to sacrifice her own life to protect her sisters. You know, Phoebe does get sort of a bad rap towards this part of the series and going forward. And yeah, she may not have a lot of defensive and active powers to sort of put her weight in, but this woman loves family. And the fact that she isn't evil, she decided to live with this man and somewhat make the best of what she is being dealt with to make sure that Cole doesn't go after Piper. So I, I got to give it to her on this one, you know? Um, how did Cole, Oh, go ahead. Oh, sorry. Phoebe though, to me, like she was the worst in season four and she's all head over heels for Cole and like losing herself and becoming evil. So now you're telling me she's going to get worse than that. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> no, I'm not saying that at all. Nope, I'm not saying that at all. Um, but yeah, how did Cole even agree to the open marriage to begin with? I mean, I know that he's a stranger in his new reality, but the fact that this behavior goes completely against what he's feeling right now, you know, again, that's just more of this of this sort of like wake up call, like you're a horrible human being slash demon and that you are not capable of marriage with Phoebe. So I, you know, it's it's just funny how they even agreed to that to begin with. Yeah. I wonder if this reality's Cole like has already run the gamut with Phoebe and like tried everything and she's just not loving him. So he's like, fine, you can be with other people if you'll stay with me too. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so at the ruins of P3, Paige is making the vanquishing potion in a makeshift cauldron. Piper is impressed with Paige's abilities, and Paige tells her that in her reality, Piper taught her all that she knew about potion making. 
Piper, Paige, and Leo slip into the manor, and Phoebe warns them to leave. Cole shows up and blasts Piper, Paige, and Leo with an energy ball. Well, actually, the stunt doubles. (laughs) That's who he blew up. (laughs) Those (laughs) men in those horrible wigs who had to keep their face down so you couldn't see their faces. It was so obvious. (laughs) But I get it. I get it. I get it. Um, Knocking out Leo and Piper in the process. He then telekinetically draws the potion bottle towards him. Phoebe, at Paige's um, urging, grabs an unconscious Piper's hand, and Paige takes her other hand, and the chandelier shimmers and bathes the sisters in its light. Freaking loved this part. (laughs) It was so cool to see them under the chandelier again, getting reconstituted. It was amazing. Um, the power of three is restored, and so are Paige's powers. Paige orbs the potion to her hand, which also epic. I love because she didn't get to use her powers at all, and she tried it with the um, knife, I think it was, to the homeless guy. But the way she did it now, she's like, potion. I was like, yes. She got her powers back. I love it. <laughs> yep. Love it. So good. Um, Paige orbs the potion to her hand. Just when Paige is about to throw it, here we go again. Paige takes it out of her hand. I mean, Pete, uh, Phoebe. Phoebe's always got to be dramatic. Just let her do it. This is like, I think, the third time she stopped them from doing something. Just, oh, God. <laughs> so it's up to Phoebe once again to make the decision to throw it. Sean, what are you thinking at this point right now? What's going on? About what's going on in the episode? Yeah, just um, like, oh, Pate, you know, Phoebe grabbed the potion. Is she going to throw it like oh, this being me, all played out? Let me tell you, too, real quick. Always pretty with Aurora. I do still love Phoebe. She's my second favorite sister next to Paige. So I'm sorry if it sounded like I was coming for our girl. But yeah, still love Phoebe. Loved her when she was bad. But there was <laughs> a period where she got very, like, head over heels for Cole. And it got to a point where it's kind of like, okay, I want this to move on a little bit faster. But don't hate Phoebe. All right. To answer your question, Rob. Yeah. Um, I felt like she was going to do it this time just because it has been hinted at so much and they've gotten to the point where they got so close that this felt like he's not invincible anymore. So if they don't do it now, it's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. And I love how Paige is like, you know, throw it before he orbs out. I love how he didn't orb out. Like, we could have <laughs> just orb out, but I, I get it. Instead, yeah. Cole begs Phoebe not to kill him. But Phoebe throws the potion at Cole and vanquishes him. And it's for good this time because we get a skeleton-like special effect to show that it's hit the bone. It's the white meat, <laughs> you could say, too. All right, so Sean, what do you think about Cole's exit you had your theories about how this was going to play out uh do you think this is a honorable death for cole and did you like how it was executed what do you think about this scene on a scale of one to ten rob i'm gonna say i would give it a seven because it was dramatic it was interesting but i think i would have wanted to see like Cole become good for that last moment, like do something, you know, I kept talking about the self-sacrifice to me. Mm -hmm. It would have been like proof that yes, Phoebe, I do love you. I did this the wrong way and I love you so much. I'm doing this to take myself out to make sure that you're safe. Yeah. Yeah. So you actually would have preferred your theory over what we got today. All right. The rightful timeline is restored. Paige, however, is still orbing when she sneezes. She decides to stay in the manor for now. The sisters go to Cole's apartment and find it abandoned. Paige tells them what Cole has done and that he's gone for good. Phoebe stares at a picture of her and Cole from a happier time and thinks that their relationship simply wasn't meant to happen. Paige wishes Cole happy birthday before the sisters head back into the elevator. That shot of the elevator with all of them, I don't know. It was such a wonderful shot. I just like how like Piper was like kind of looking behind and then Phoebe just had her head down with her arms spread out. It was just a really cool shot. And um, also, you know, Paige just being like, happy birthday. 
and then just walks out. But to die on your birthday, that's kind of messed up. <laughs> yeah. Uh, can you imagine, though, like waking up, going to get ice cream in the middle of the night and then being told Cole's gone? yeah (laughs) we don't have to deal with them anymore i mean i could not imagine (laughs) i know i like i i would know what to say and of course i wouldn't believe her but i just think it's funny like where have you been all this time and then like cole's gone i was like oh okay i didn't have to lift a finger um but okay so this penthouse has gone through everything right blown up like damage control, everything has been going on in this apartment. I don't even know if like a landlord even knew it was rented out this whole time. Right. But like <laughs> it's left low. They're in the, you know, the real reality now and it's just ripped to shreds. It's damaged. It's, it looks like, you know, a bomb went off. They didn't even clear out the furniture. Like, did they not want to restore the penthouse? Like what kind of slumlord is running this building? But right. yeah, they just, they just left it, you know, just as is. But, um, yeah, that is Centennial Charmed, our 100th episode. All right, Sean, let everybody know, what did you think of Centennial Charmed? I thought it was worth the wait. I thought it was a good episode. I liked the alternate reality for the reasons we discussed. We finally don't have Cola anymore, so we can move on <laughs> to a new story. <laughs> uh yeah so um cole's gone i wish that i could remember my experience watching this for the first time i don't think i watched it with anyone i think i was alone and watching this and um i'm sure it was a very big episode i personally had no idea he was gonna go i just was like this is 100 episode they're gonna bring back some old people and and just come back and and do their little cameos and that was it him dying the way that i no clue whatsoever so um this was a big episode for everyone um back in the day so um if you watched it you know i'm sure it was very heavy watching it from before well the first Um, time i watched it was in a watch party with other charmed fans so i think i beat you (laughs) yes yes you did uh so good i'm glad it was worth the wait uh i do want to read um one or two comments that we had from our netflix watch party so um we had kim join us and she said that she really enjoyed this episode but she wanted more she wanted prue to come back in some shape or form um to have her appear in the episode and and yes we did get an honorable mention of her but she really wanted prue to come back somehow and and just be like i'm watching over you something and you know finally you kicked his ass i don't know something right um the bingeables podcast also wrote a note um looking back on this episode one of my faves i thought it was uh, appropriate to end cole's story in this manner uh he was too powerful in their reality and none of their previous bonquishes worked so this episode was jam-packed, um, but a small nod to Peru would have been nice, as um, we all suggested in the chat. Um, and yeah, she can't wait for us to do this again. <laughs> um, by the time that this is posted on our on our podcast, um, I believe that uh, Netflix would have removed Charmed and moved on to the Peacock Network, which I'm sure is still going to be free. And I think it's now available on Roku. I haven't tested it out yet, but they're starting to, you know, um, be a little bit better with their distribution of the of the streaming channel and whatnot. So hopefully everyone will, you know, find their show under the Peacock and um, continue to watch the show however much that they can when they can. Um, let's see, what do we have written here? Um Oh, yeah. Oh, that poor penthouse. (laughs) Um, Happy birthday, Cole. Um, I thought this was a fantastic episode to kill Cole, but I think Piper shown. Okay. And then, um, you know, she was dancing up there with Grams and mom. Oh, talking about um, Prue. And um, 
<laughs> I need Charmed on my TV, and DVD is best. DVD is, I think, is best than the streaming channel, of course, because of the original music. But for those who don't own it, you know, it, you know, it's not completely gone. You could still watch it on streaming channels. Um, okay, so I'm gonna read some episode notes, but I hear that within an hour, like, you know, Instagram Live kind of cuts off. We'll come back on and finish, you know, our last part of the episode. So if we cut out, just look for us to come back on. Sean, just, you know, reinvite yourself and whatnot if it cuts out. Okay. But um, some notes that I noticed from this episode that I thought were interesting. Um, uh, this episode is the last episode of uh, Julian McMahon's um, As a Series Regular. Um, Michelle Brands performed Goodbye to You at P3. She also did the same song in the episode of Tabula Rasa. Um, and this is what I wanted to point out. So apparently the song was a tribute to Julian. Goodbye to you. Oh. And yeah. And um, Tabola wrote uh, Raisa was um, aired in November 13, 2001. So there's like a two year difference between the bronze and P3. Um, when Paige meets Leo in P3, Leo says that all hell is breaking loose out there, which is a reference to our all hell breaks loose episode when Prue passed away. Um, let's see. Uh, Paige tells Piper she is no La Femme Lakita, which is a reference to a spy fiction TV series from the 90s that ran for five seasons and ended in 2001. Uh, did you watch the WB um, La Femme Nikita with Maggie Q? No, I didn't watch that much WB in the day. Oh, okay. I love La Femme Nikita, and I'm very surprised that it went as long as it did, but it tried. Devin Sawa, um, guest starred <laughs> on there. Bug Hall with his, like, glowed up, ripped ass showed up on there, too, looking fine. And, I yeah, but I was living for Maggie Q. I really liked La Femme Nikita on there. Shane West was on there for a little bit, too. Dang. Um, yeah, I know. No, good show. Good show. Oh, look, your friend came on. Uh, Carlos. Friend. Hi, Carlos. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Sean, what are we doing next? You know what we're doing next. What are we doing we're, next? What does everybody want? We're indiscriminately judging men. <laughs> yes, <laughs> it's time for Hot Man Meter. Pull up this list. See, this is what happens while the music's playing. We got to get our shit together. Pull up the list. <laughs> okay. All right. We have five. We have five people possibly breaking our list. So to keep everybody caught up, we are at full capacity. Both of us have a total of 10 guys. So anytime that we add anyone, it will remove someone. We hope that everyone out there is still keeping up with their list as well thank you everyone who's hung out so far i've i'm having a good time um talking about charm with everyone um but everybody who's made it this far awesome thank you okay let's get through hot man meter okay so first we're gonna talk about our not the coolio lazarus <laughs> demon played by steven daniel does our new lazarus demon make your top 10 he unfortunately did not rob He's a little scary looking. <laughs> yeah, he didn't make my list either, but he did look very evil. So I got it, you know, the the belief of the Lazarus came through with him versus Coolio. But yeah, not my hot man meter. <laughs> um, then we have our scary homeless man who was protecting his freaking home. Okay, did not belong to Paige anymore. Didn't belong to Piper. That was his crib. He had to do what he had to do. But this is played by Ricky Lopez. Does Ricky Lopez, our homeless person, make your top 10? He does not, and you're pressing those triggers again, and I don't appreciate it. <laughs> uh, yeah, he's not going to make my list either. I think maybe if he was cleaned up a little bit, I probably would have got a better look at him. But um, yeah, not my list. All right, and then we have Sean Morin as the designer. I'm trying to remember who this is. 
Who was the designer in this episode? Designers. <laughs> well, since I can't even remember who this guy is, he's not making my list. Who was this guy? <laughs> I'm looking him up. I know. I was like, they probably don't even have a picture of him. Probably. But yeah, this does not bode well for him being on either of our lists. <laughs> I know. I'm trying to think of the episode who, oh, did somebody like, oh, I think maybe somebody was like tailoring his suit or something. Oh, or was it the cake guy? Right. Yeah. Ryan says it was the cake guy, maybe the one who was like, oh, are you 117? Anyways, yeah, he's not making my list. We're moving on. Moving on. Okay. <laughs> Michael Burgeon. So this is the guy who was sleeping with Phoebe on the side. They t they titled him Handsome Demon. What do you think of this guy? I feel like they're trying to entice me to add him because they called him that. Um, he was cute, he, but like... He did look good. Yeah. He had some, he had some pectorials going on. Like, he, he, he had a little shape under that shirt. Mm-hmm. But I feel like he didn't stand out enough. Okay. So you have Sam Wilder, which is Paige's father, is number 10. Is this guy hotter than Sam? I'm going to keep my Sam. <laughs> You're going to keep your Sam. Okay, fair. I want to put him on my list, but he's going to easily go right back out because I've got Officer Garcia and another officer that I found who was like super cute. Yeah, yeah. He's handsome, but not handsome enough. So I'm going to pass. I'm going to pass. I love that you always try to trap me. You try to make me feel guilty for not adding them, and then you don't do it either. <laughs> what? I'm not making you feel guilty. I just want to make sure you've thought it through. Mm. <laughs> um, okay, then we have our last person. So this is Greg Provence as our demonic guard. So this, I believe, is the person who was at the door, um, the front door, if I'm not mistaken. I think it was him. Or it could have been the demon guard who was like, there's another sister? He's like, yes, damn it, go get her. Um, but yeah, he's not making my list. I'll go first. Not making my list at all. He doesn't make my list either. No? No? Okay. All right. Nope. Well, there you have it. The 100th episode did not break any barriers on our hot man meter. But remember, guys, if anybody made your list... I'm sure the handsome demon might make it on somebody's list. Um, make sure to keep that updated at the end of the season. I'm going to ask for those lists so I can make one big charmy hot man meter of season five. Uh, now it's time for MVP. You're simply the best. <laughs> Sean, <laughs> who's MVP this week? This week, I'm going to give it to the person who made everything happen with but a sneeze. I'm going to give it to Paige because she's the one who saved the day accidentally, but awesomely. Charmies, let me hear your MVPs. I want to know who you guys think who should get it. Um, okay. Yes, Paige definitely did a lot in this one. I, I kind of want to give it to Phoebe because of what she went through and put up with in order to keep her family. So I thought that was a really great touch to her character um but Paige definitely held her own in this one i mean right from the start of the episode attempting to take out leo and then take out cole <laughs> and then take out cole again but you know <laughs> this is another reminder of how Paige is legit that witch she just is so quick and, you know, what, you know, she's just, she's just on top of it. She's very quick to, you know, come up with plans and, and just, you know, act on her feet. You know, she had everything literally working against her and she convinced everyone like she's a long, long sister. And, you know, she got rid of Cole <laughs> while Piper and Phoebe got to sit on their asses doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. Some people said, um, Piper, Paige, Paige, <laughs> Prue Jr. <laughs> oh, I guess that's like Paige. Oh, and Carlos is back. Hi, Hi Carlos. Carlos. <laughs> All right. Well, um, that's going to do it for MVP. What do we have going on next? Oh, I think that's the end of our episode, everyone. 
Okay, so next week on Charmed is House Call. Well, that gives nothing. <laughs> um, somebody makes a call to a house. Okay, Sean, I think that you can get this one. Okay, when do you know the term house call? Like when you when you hear the term house call, what do you think about? Is that like just when somebody makes a business trip to a house for reasons? There you go. There you go. Work around that. <laughs> Is it going to have to do with like a Mary Poppins-esque episode where they get like a nanny floating down from nowhere? I don't know. I've never seen it. We'll have oh to God. find out next week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So we do plan on having a- another episode next week. Um, I believe that when this episode posts, it will also be after the uh, Charmed anniversary. I believe it turns 22 this year, which is on the 7th. I want to take this opportunity again to thank all of you who have been listening to us from the beginning all of the newcomers who are starting to catch up and binge to get to this point again we thank all of you for um, listening to our show and for also joining us on this live uh, recording and um, yeah I had a blast I'm sure this won't be the last time we go live again Um, Sean tell everybody thank you and I've got my team leo button which you can find on magic Habit. <laughs> nice i should have wore my team dan i totally forgot to wear my my pen <laughs> team dan <laughs> i'm just saying it team dan um, <laughs> um but again thank you guys for um joining us on this live recording and for um our 100th episode yay so happy thank you all right thanks yay. everyone for joining we're signing off All right, have a good night. On the WB's Big Sunday, a hex on the manor has the charmed ones burning with obsession. I'm going to get married. Piper, what are you doing? I'm replacing this roof. It's filthy. I'm going to kill the competition. All right, then. Compulsive, uncontrollable. (gasps) Oh, dear. And squeaky clean. You can't just vanquish an entire house. People are going to notice. All new charmed obsessions. 